Books.com, the online IT encyclopedia and learning center. I'm Alex Howard, assistant editor at Whatis.com. We invite you to visit Whatis.com, the secret of those who always seem to know it all, and sign up for the Word of the Day newsletter. Learn one new thing every day. Today's subject is Serial Advanced Technology Attachment, abbreviated as SATA, a standard for drive interfaces between drives and PCs, servers, and storage arrays. After reviewing our definition for SATA on whatis.com, I consulted the work of Stephen Bigelow, features writer for searchstorage.com. His work on the subject was so good that instead of reading to you from our definition, I'm going to offer you a special podcast version of his article, SATA Technology Advances and Expands in the Enterprise. This article introduces SATA technology, compares disk characteristics and interfaces, and highlights the popular applications of SATA drives in the enterprise. After the podcast, make sure to visit searchstorage.com to learn the four worst practices for SATA drives and find out what you need to know about SATA 2. And now, what is SATA? The storage world has been buzzing about SATA drives for a few years now, and storage pros continue to discuss SATA's benefits and drawbacks, as well as how it stacks up against other technologies. Although fiber channel hard drives provide fast performance for critical transactional storage, other data types like documents, PDFs, and business images simply don't benefit from the speed and expense of a fiber channel interface. SATA drives don't match the performance of fiber channel, but they do provide the low cost per gigabyte and high storage densities that are crucial for nearline storage tasks, such as performing backups and archiving. SATA is a drive interface, a means of moving data between the drive and the host server or storage array. Classic parallel ATA, or PATA, hard drives moved 16 data bits simultaneously across a 40-pin ribbon cable, in addition to power, ground, and other signal wires. This parallel interface approach worked well, but electrical crosstalk between signal wires limited the cable length to 18 inches, and data speeds topped out at about 133 megabytes per second. This standard was aptly entitled ATA-133 as a result. Since it would be extraordinarily difficult to increase data speeds across a conventional ribbon cable, designers considered a serial approach that would pass one bit at a time between the drive and the host. A serial interface can be longer and pass data at speeds far exceeding a parallel scheme. This is due to less crosstalk from fewer signal wires, lower signaling voltages, and better cable design. Narrower cables and lengths of 39 inches allowed for drive connections in much larger enclosures, even outside of the box. The 7-pin SATA interface first emerged around 2003 and was incorporated into standard NCITS 397-2005 in 2005. Older 4-pin Molex power connectors were also replaced by a low-profile 15-pin power connector supplying 3.3 volts, 5 volts, and 12 volts. External SATA, or eSATA, was standardized in 2004, which defined the cabling, connectors, and signaling for external SATA cables that reached 78 inches long while maintaining full disk speed. External SATA can support external drive boxes like RAID cabinets. While it's more relevant to discuss a serial interface in bits per second, the need to compare SATA with its earlier parallel sibling means that SATA drives were often denoted in bytes per second. So, the initial release of SATA at 1.2 gigabytes per second is almost always shown at 150 megabytes per second, and thus dubbed SATA 150. You may also see this noted as SATA 1.5 gigabytes per second, which is the clock speed of the interface. Encoding overhead at the physical layer reduces the effective data transfer rate to 1.2 gigabytes per second.
standard bodies quickly double the SATA clock speed to 3 gigabytes per second, although again encoding overhead reduces the effective data transfer rate to about 2.4 gigs per second or 300 megs per second, which leads to the SATA 300 generation. There were no substantial changes to cabling in the process. Most SATA drives and controllers now use SATA 300, but SATA 300 controllers should be backward compatible with SATA 150 drives, though not all controllers can negotiate the speed difference between them. SATA 300 drives are often referred to as SATA 2, though this is technically incorrect. SATA 2 is actually the name of the standards body that developed the SATA 300 specification. The standards body, now called SATA IO, strongly discourages the use of SATA 2 to mean SATA 300. Faster SATA interface speeds are on the horizon. By 2007, the clock speed should double again to 6 gigabytes per second, yielding an effective data transfer rate of 4.8 gigs per second. It is unclear just how meaningful the advance will be since no current drive technology can fill such bandwidth. Other advances are notable and immediately relevant today. SATA technology introduced several important features that are particularly interesting to the enterprise. First, developers discarded the notion of primary or secondary drive relationships on the same controller. This caused a potential bottleneck with older PADA drives because the primary and secondary drives had to share the same ribbon cable and controller. With SATA, each drive has its own dedicated controller and bandwidth, so all SATA drives can simultaneously exchange data with their host controller. This is particularly noteworthy in high I.O. environments, such as striped RAID configurations. The SATA interface also supports hot swapping, allowing a SATA drive to be physically unplugged or reconnected to a controller without powering down or rebooting the host system. This is a crucial feature for enterprise storage because new drives can be added and failed drives can be replaced without taking the entire storage subsystem offline. Native command queuing, or NCQ, is another important feature to appear with SATA. Previously, a drive would receive one I.O. request at a time and execute those requests in the precise order they were received. This was often inefficient since requests could send read-write heads back and forth across the drive. NCQ allows the drive to receive multiple I.O. requests and decide in the most efficient order for executing those requests, often improving drive performance. SATA drives are not compatible with existing PADA or SCSI interfaces, but SATA is compatible with serial attached SCSI or SAS cables and controllers, and the two drive types can coexist in the same SAS storage subsystem. However, SAS disks are not compatible with SATA controllers. So, how is SATA being deployed in the enterprise? Seagate Technology is noted for its enterprise disk drives, offering two families of nearline SATA products, the NL35 and the Barracuda. As one example, the NL35 family uses a SATA 300 interface, includes NCQ, and provides 250, 400, and 500 gigabyte drive capacities with burst data transfers of 300 megabytes per second, as you would expect from a SATA 300 interface. Additional features, such as a high tolerance against vibration, allow the 3.5-inch drives to be packed tightly together in drive arrays without fear of premature failure. A workload management feature monitors disk temperature and throttles activity to prevent excessive wear, helping to ensure long-term reliability. SATA disks, such as the NL35s, Barracudas, and others, have found important roles in enterprise storage. SATA drives have also been applied in numerous enterprise storage tasks, including disk-to-disk, or D2D, replication. For example, simple D2D backups might involve replicating the contents of mission-critical databases or other data to SATA disks in another storage array, such as the Axion from Avamar Technologies. This is faster 
and more reliable than backing up to conventional tape. Replication can also be accomplished between disk systems at remote locations using a wide area network connection. A more formal backup scheme might deploy SATA drives as a virtual tape library, or VTL, which is basically a storage array designed to appear like a tape library to backup software. This is another popular disk-to-disk scheme, but a virtual tape library maintains any existing backup process and procedure used with tape platforms, easing any transition to disk-to-disk storage. The near store from Network Appliance is one notable VTL platform. SATA can also be used to store data that is only accessed infrequently. In that scenario, usage is often not justified by the cost of fiber drives, and that data is usually archived to low-cost, high-density storage like SATA disk arrays for long-term retention. Archival storage is often replaced by Content Address Storage, or CAS, disk systems that include storage features like data deduplication, security protection, and retention and deletion controls. The Clarion Disk Library from EMC is just one example of archival disk storage. The benefits of SATA have long intrigued storage professionals, but the reliability of SATA drives has raised serious concerns. Even though SATA drives like Seagate's NL35 and Barracuda families offer a 5-year warranty, that's only 43,800 hours, a far cry from traditional enterprise class FC drives touting MTBFs of over a million hours. MTBF, an abbreviation of mean time between failures, is a measure of how reliable a hardware product or component is. For most components, the measure is typically in thousands or even tens of thousands of hours between failures. For example, Seagate's Cheetah 15K.5 family claims MTBFs of 1.4 million hours, or almost 160 years of continuous operation. RAID, R-A-I-D, can certainly protect a SATA drive from failure, but the huge capacities in today's SATA drives result in rebuild times that can exceed 6 hours. While one SATA drive is rebuilding, there is a real statistical probability that a second drive in the RAID group might fail, resulting in data loss. This concern has slowed the adoption of SATA early on, but RAID 6 has emerged to address reliability concerns. RAID 6 is a dual parity protection scheme that protects against two simultaneous SATA drive failures by recording two independent sets of parity data across the disk group. If a second disk should fail while the first disk is being rebuilt, both failed disks can be reconstructed using parity data. There are disadvantages with RAID 6. For instance, two additional disks are needed with the RAID group, and there's a performance penalty when calculating and writing two sets of parity data to those disks. I hope you learned something new about SATA today. Again, special thanks go to features writer Stephen Bigelow for graciously allowing the adaptation of his excellent article. For more information about SATA, make sure to visit whatis.com or our sister site, searchstorage.com, to find expert advice, white papers, and more excellent features. And don't forget to sign up for the Word of the Day and Buzzword newsletters. If there's something we missed in today's podcast or some other subject you'd like us to cover in a future broadcast, let us know at editor at whatis.com. Thank you.